Welcome. I'm Sarah Pollack. And I'm Quinn Faison. And together we coach parents of preteens, teens, and young adults at Plan P. We have been there and done that. And when the going got tough, the P was for many things and always for practice, patience, and pause. The work that we do now as coaches has the full support and approval of both of our amazing children and teachers, Allie and Harrison. So if you're a parent, you've come to the right place. We're going to give you tools to practice clear communication with your children, which will improve your relationships. We are so honored and excited to have you join us on this incredible journey where learning is in the pause and perfection is found in the practicing. Let's get moving. Welcome back to the Plan P podcast. We are glad that you're here with us and we're honored that you listen. Yep. And it's that most wonderful time of the year. We're really getting down to the wire here. So we wanted to have one last hello before we say goodbye for a couple of weeks. Yeah, a couple of weeks where everyone takes a break. We got one down. <laughs> right? Thanksgiving. Done. No exploding turkeys. Everything. Or we've survived the exploding turkey. Or, or right. We do survive things like, oh, setting the oven on fire. Yes. <laughs> yes, we have done that. I personally did that and didn't even realize... I mean, I've changed so much mm. that when that happened in 2020, I was like, oh, I was on the phone with someone. I said, what do you do when your oven's on fire and the flames are coming out of the top? <laughs> and Allie was sitting there in the kitchen was sort of like, as the um, firefighters t- removed the entire stove from our home out the front door, Allie had their arms wrapped around me and said, you were so calm through all of that. <laughs> and it was. Went on. We keep going on. So yeah, what we really are going to talk about today is sort of the final lap, the draw of many parents to really create the perfect Christmas. Mm. Then you move on to the parental panic of New Year's Eve, right? (laughs) Which you... Right. You haven't had a perfect Christmas because, oh, perfection doesn't actually exist. So, oh my God, what will happen in this next holiday, because it's the drinking holiday. Right. You often refer to it as we are driving carefully home. Yeah, it's amateur night. All the people who aren't used to drinking are drinking in excess. And and drugging in excess, no doubt yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm using drinking in the broadest terms. Yes. Anyway, the people who are not used to imbibing whatever... Go full Go. freight to end the year Go wild. and then start the year. <laughs> Which means that you have people who aren't used to feeling that way weaving. You know, they, uh, they're much more unpredictable than those of us who do it day in, day out. Right. People behaving in certain ways on the street. Yes. <laughs> yes. Newly so. sober going home New Year's Eve was eye-opening to me, but... Yeah, I think we've had that conversation sometimes yes. as we watch people throwing up in bushes as yeah, we drive home. Exactly. <laughs> so that's what we're going to talk about today. And what makes it important, we believe, to sort of send you off in this way. And I want to just also say everything we're going to say here can apply whatever time of year. Yes. Because this is one time of year where people really focus on things. 
But everything we talk about here every week can apply to any time of year. No holiday necessary. Yeah. It's just the holidays just intensify. These yes, things. it does. You know, it's important to sort of hit the big pause button today so that when you land and you wake up that morning, you have some tools right by your bedside that you've heard today. Yeah. And then when your New Year's comes, you'll remember that the message you want to send to them, and this is always, but particularly for amateur night, is that you want your child to be safe. Yeah. Right? You want to be clear with yourself. Yeah. Sometimes that means, you know, harm reduction or, or you know, pre-planning. And sometimes... Yeah, it's, I mean, of course, all these things are different in different circumstances, but, you know, it's the same as safe sex and safe, you know, these are all places where we want them to use their heads and not right. do, not, not try anything ever, but, but also be aware of what they're doing and the choices that they're making. Right. And the more we as parents think about it in advance, not night before, so right. the more you can take time now, today, to just have in your back of your mind, oh, I want to convey that I want them to be safe and I want to communicate. What is it that I want to communicate, which is what I heard you saying, mm-hmm. talking some about, and how do I want to communicate that? And when do I want to communicate that? Right. So that it's effective, not dramatic. Uh, effective, not dramatic. Yeah, I think... I- as parents and certainly as a child, often the messages were conveyed with the urgency of drama because my parents had just woken up to the fact that whatever, right? you know, and, and so there was this surge of fear and Right. I think you're, I mean, that's why I sort of repeated what you said, because it's like, right. So you get the, you get the lecture, not which you know, is maybe helpful a little bit, but not always, you know, that memorable. Yes. You There's... you just said something that reminded me of a quote in one of those books that we both love, The Journey of the Heroic Parent oh, yeah. by Brad Reedy. Fabulous book. We think that's is a fabulous book for any relationship, particularly mm-hmm. for parents during the adolescent years, but the tools in here can apply a at work, at play, with your parents. (laughs) But one of the things that he says is, your children will learn more from who you are, from the way you carry yourself in the world, than what you say. Yeah. And that just, that's what you just said, is like if you come at it urgently, that's what they're going to remember. And then he goes on to say, The relationship you foster with yourself, okay, I'm going to pause there. The relationship you foster with yourself as a parent, as a human, and then it goes on, and them will create a pattern in the family that will teach more than any lecture ever could. Yeah. How you carry yourself, how you relay things, how you don't come at them like a wrecking ball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think that that's what makes it important to think about today 
before the frenzy of the season, before the panic sets in, before, like, who do I want to present myself? Yeah, and, you know, it occurs to me as we're talking that on Christmas Day or in Hanukkah, like, the plans of whatever the holiday is, the plans have been made and set, and now it's just about going through the day with as much grace as possible, right? Right. And so you know, part of the message is wake up Christmas morning and just be in the day with as much grace as possible. Grace on Christmas day. Yeah. That most, and you know, the other thing about Christmas is it's all about gifting. It's all about giving. It's all about presence. We've talked about being in the present, but what do you want to bring to the day? Right. Who do you want to be in that day? Right. We often say that the pausing is for Christmas, the planning is for New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Like Christmas is all about being with each other, enjoying each other. Right. And in that, we are not a family of organized faith. <laughs> so I don't know if I've ever shared this. I got acronyms until the cows come home. And this is one of my very, very favorites. And it is so, so hard. Finding answers in the heart. Mm. If you can have that kind of faith. Now, here's the trick about that kind of faith. You have to have access to your heart. It's got to be open. You can't have barbed wire up around it. Finding answers in the heart can be found more easily when you hit the pause. Mm. In the quiets of your mind. Right. Not when your mind is full of, is everyone happy? Do I have enough food? Where's this? Where's that? Where's this person? Where's, you know, when you're able to bring that person to the day. I'm going to try really hard this year to bring her with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and and for me, I think part of that is recognition that, you know, the food we have in the larder is the food we have in the larder. And so, like, letting go of those fears of how it will seem but just and what the pictures will look like the next year and the next year and the next year how everyone was feeling now i'm gonna out myself as being crazy i'm like (laughs) oh my gosh is this person having a good enough time right while the whole family is sitting there unwrapping presents are we doing it in a way that makes all of these people my parents the kids if there's anyone else here because we sometimes have other people here are they feeling left out We'll talk about the extended family of their other parent in some other podcast, but they have been part of our Christmas on many occasions. You know, that fretting didn't really serve anyone. Yeah, I think it just adds to the tension of the day. I think being able to recognize that you're in it and let go of those things lowers the tension. Yes. Not that... I did it very successfully either. I mean, I'm not, I I carried around my sack of. (laughs) of, Not goodies. Not goodies. (laughs) Oh, those sacks of, yeah. Someone said to me the other day, she's like, I just don't want to carry this suitcase of shit into the room. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, as we continue as parents to be aware of what we are carrying with us and where it comes from and, some of where it comes from, maybe in that room with you. <laughs> they may have their own suitcase 
their own bag of not goodies. Yep. And trying to take care of all of that. There really is an opportunity, and I'm hoping that I hold on to this. We've had really good Christmases these last, I don't even know how long it's been now, I have to say. We've had Christmas one night, one day at one of the kids' house. Do we only do that? Well, yeah, we have only done it at one of the kids' house once. But that was wonderful because we didn't have to cook. <laughs> <laughs> and we love cooking, too. And now we do Thanksgiving Eve with one of the kids' significant others' families. Yeah. Something Thanksgiving. Like, thank Christmas. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Right. Christmas Eve with... We, yeah, reset. we did Thanksgiving with them and we'll do Christmas Eve. We do Thanksgiving with them. with them here and we do thank Christmas Eve with them. And do you remember what happened last Christmas Eve? No. I believe I was supposed to make the mashed potatoes. You f- remember what I forgot? Oh, the mashed potatoes. <laughs> well, the potatoes to mash. Right. Like the potatoes. Like all yeah, of them. Yeah, just the main ingredient. So we went running to the grocery. I mean, it all and worked out. It worked out fine. And her dad was like, don't worry, we don't need mashed potatoes. And I was like, no, we actually do need mashed potatoes. I didn't, I mean, I felt a little like an idiot. Because <laughs> I think that might have been all we were bringing. Maybe some green beans. But but it worked out fine. I took care of myself. He would have been totally fine. Everyone at that yeah. dining room table would have been absolutely fine without mashed potatoes. But I wanted mashed potatoes. So thank you. Thank you for finding the grocery store with me in a town we don't live in and Going back and smashing the potatoes. Yeah. Because it wasn't done out of stress or anxiety. You know, the day is going to unfold the way the day unfolds. And the more you can let go of, yep. the better off. Yep. Yep, yep. So that's Christmas now. New Year's. Planning. <laughs> how, do you, how do you do New Year's, Quinn? Well, and and new. Well, we've already sort of talked about the, the New Year's being... Right. The number of people who are drunk... Or high, or both. That number is way higher than usual. Yes, and so, so much it, so that sometimes some towns have checkpoints, which people try and avoid. Yeah, and I grew up in New York, where the subway was free, so that that would encourage people to yeah travel then, that way. I think Bart and Muni they're probably are free, free that night. Yeah, here in our city in San Francisco now, and I don't know what New York does, and I don't know what Chicago does, and I don't know what Atlanta does, and I don't know. I don't know what the offerings are in your city. Yeah, but they're they're usually ways to safely get home. I mean, maybe that's an Uber or Lyft. Maybe it's the designated driver. I mean, there are lots of different things, but making sure that you have talked to your child so that they have thought about this. Right. Because they may not be thinking about that in advance. They're teenagers. If they're teenagers, the odds are they're not thinking. Right. (laughs) So having that conversation without it being dramatic right without it being you have you are to. untrustworthy but more just this is a night when a lot of accidents happen because there are a lot of people who are right drinking and i want to or using right and and how you build a relationship is by having the conversation with your children in advance mm-hmm. not not christmas eve while they're rushing out the door but, you know, over dinner. So let's talk about New Year's Eve a little. Here's the deal. Everyone knows that this is the drinking game. Right. So what's what's your plan for the evening? Right. Like, Sto- are they going to a party? Right. They may be doing something else. Uh, you know, sometimes there are right. shows that people go to. Well, I love that. You start by just 
really, really open-ended questions. What are your plans? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times they're, well, I'm going to go to this one and then I'm going to go to this one. I'm going to do this. I mean, depending upon where you live and your child. Right. And their age, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a sleepover. Sometimes, you know. So what are the plans? And then with your experience, being able Mm -hmm. to see some of the danger points in that. Oh, you're going to be going from party to party to party. That's a lot of travel. Have you thought about how you thought about, you know, how you're going to travel that night or... Oh, you're going to be in one place, you know, who's chaperoning that or who's chaperoning that? Well, I mean, if depending on the age, right? Right. Sleepovers generally are younger kids. Absolutely. So who's chaperoning? Right. If you have an 11 or 12 or 13 year old. Yeah. They're going to want to. It is still entirely within your choices to get the phone number of the parent who is hosting this party. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are, there is a certain age where that will not be an easy conversation to have 13 could be on that brink yep um whether you feel comfortable asking it whether you see a fight happening whether you set a time to you know what you're going where you're going i'm gonna call you at this time you need to pick up your phone so that i don't lose my mind I think you're fine. I lose my mind on our parental shit. Right, right. And the other thing is you're going to be in a community and other people will be behaving. So have they thought about their responsibility within that community? Right. Not just their responsibility to themselves. We always hoped with our kids and I don't know. Well, I know that one time Harrison came home with like three kids at 2 a.m. Right. (laughs) Actually, I think Harrison did that a couple couple of times. And yeah, we, we were like, okay, did you all call your parents? Do they all know you're here? Right. And spend the night here. Um, So there are lots of ways in which you can do it, which isn't shaming. Yeah. Really. This is the goal is to have an open conversation where you as the parent remind them of their responsibility as a human on the earth to themselves and to others. And then you get to talk about What's going to make you feel comfortable? And it may be completely, you know, throw them in the cage in the basement, which (laughs) (laughs) your comfort, these are the transitional years. They're going to be doing these things. Yeah. And most of them, if you're listening to us. (laughs) As as you're saying that, I'm thinking, right. And part of the point of open communication are not freaking out at whatever they tell us is that we don't want to drive the behavior into to the underground. Right. We we want them to know that they can talk to us about these things so that we know what's going on. We may not like what's going on, but we don't want to be blindsided by what's going on. Right. And sometimes open-ended questions as simple as, how can I help you? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Or is there a way that I can help you th- through this? Or saying, you can start the conversation coming from a place of faith mm-hmm. in the heart saying, you know, I'm a little crazy. I know you're going to be fine, but I want you to know that if anything goes wrong at all, that's all I need want to tell you. I mean, depending upon the parent, right. but I think the most important message that we hope you get is these are transitional years, depending upon the age of the child, but they're all headed towards being adults. 
Right. So what would you have that conversation look like if they were adults? Right, right. How do you convey being responsible with your decisions, with your choices? Right. And there's this book called How to Raise an Adult, which I think came out in like 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. I, I don't remember. All I remember is I bought it because I was a crazy person who thought they'd failed at this, but one last ditch effort to buy a book. I remember where I, w I was down in Palo Alto and I saw it and was, you know, a New York Times bestseller because of course, who doesn't want to raise a fabulous adult? It didn't say fabulous in the title. It just said how you can, you know, prepare your child for success. Yeah. I think it was written by someone who worked with college freshmen and, yes, and realized you're right. How unprepared many of them were for being responsible for themselves. Right. Because you know what they'd been? Taken care of. Overparented. Nope. They were underprepared because they were overparented. Right. So, yes. She said at one point, she was talking about mentors and get a mentor for your kid. Make sure your kids have mentors. And she says something about, you know, grownups in our kids' lives can be great role models for how to live a life full of meaning and purpose. Basically, it's like, right, we're basically mentors. It's great if you find other people, because she's coming from the college perspective. Right. Like, I don't know that much about science. So I couldn't have been my kid's science mentor. <laughs> that would have been... No, but we try to, you know, the word that's thrown around now is modeling. We try to model the behavior that we think is right. good. So right. in these conversations, modeling our values, right. Modeling our values and, and having our own purposes mm -hmm. or having our, not making our children's well-being our purpose in life. Right. Because what that actually tells them is you need to be okay for me to be okay. Right. Which is not a great message. No. Because we're supposed to be the parents. Right. <laughs> And if they're supposed to be taking care of us, things go south. And I think that all of us do that to degrees. Yeah, well, it, it this is a full-time job. So, of course, we're not going to be good at it all the time. We are going to send the wrong message on occasion. Exactly. So, if, But it's the preponderance, right? If, if you're modeling good behavior most of the time, then absolutely. that's what they'll remember. You, it's back to Brad Reedy again. That's yes. what they will remember. They will remember. And it's that people will not remember what you said, but how you make them feel. I think it's mm. my Angelou. <laughs> I have learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, mm. but people will never forget how you made them feel. That is such a give me goosebumps, make me want to cry kind of quote. It really is. For parents everywhere, for people everywhere, they will remember how you made them feel. Right. So in that moment, they may not feel great. They may get mad. They may have all sorts of feelings that aren't necessarily good ones. They may feel like all teenagers, like you're in their business <laughs> <laughs> where you don't belong. But down the road, mm. they may remember how you made them feel which right. was loved and cared for. And it goes back where I was saying, going back to the beginning of this podcast, this season, 
we will get through it. It will be in the past. Right. How do you want to feel about it? And you can hope that others will feel similarly. You can't guarantee that either. No. <laughs> but the more you can bring awareness and not act urgently, back to what you were saying. Mm. These are important conversations to have. And so much in life, we can't predict anyhow. No. Actually, nothing in life. <laughs> you know, if the COVID pandemic taught us nothing, it's that life can change on a dime for a lot of us all, all together. Right. And many, many people have experiences where life changed on a dime and they were all alone in it. Mm -hmm. And lots of us have experiences where things changed on a dime and we were surrounded by other people who made us feel good or better at least in hard or, times. Or at least not alone. At least not alone. Yeah. I mean, that pulls me back to when my mother died I and mean, we were, it affected our family, right? So there was a group of us who were affected and I don't know how much we could make each other feel better, but we definitely mm, didn't feel you alone. You were together. And, yeah. And community. Community is helpful. Is helpful. And as parents, as much as it may feel like they are pulling away or pushing you away, running away, you are their community. Even if they push away, run away, you're still part of their community. Yeah, I think, I mean, at this age, what you want to be is their touchstone, mm -hmm. you know, so. Right. A touch, you still there? You still yeah, there? Yeah, a touchstone is not in, you know, not holding them in, but a place they can come back to. And breathe while mm -hmm. they're, and, and try out their wings. And then I love that, the touchstone. Are you there? Are you there? Right. And am I safe? Am I safe? Am I safe? Right. Are you still there loving me? Yeah. Because ultimately... That's what they want to know. Yeah. You're, they're not disappointing you. They're not doing it wrong. They're doing it and they're living their life. But for the purposes of New Year's Eve, you just want to open up a, a conversation so that A, they feel like you're paying attention. Mm -hmm. Right. B, if you don't say anything. B, they've given a moment's thought to where some of those sticky points might be and what they could, what options they might have at those sticky points. Yep. Which may or may not happen. Right. And I think we focus on the negative as yes. parents. As parents, as, as a culture, we, we zero in, we shine the light. We, we think if we think about it, we can prevent things. And it's, it's less about prevention and more about recognizing in the moment that there are other options, uh, you know? So, yeah. you know, my... The example I have is that my mother always made sure I had what she called mad money. If I got mad at my friends, could I make it home alone? Mm -hmm. If I needed to leave for any reason, right. could I make it home alone? And that was, you know, did I have cab money tucked in my wallet? Yeah. And these years, I think you say that. And I remember being at parties as a teenager myself a million years ago. And, you know, those moments are so important. They're not important now. I'm like, ask me who I was with. Mm, I don't right. know. <laughs> Probably, maybe this person who I'm still in touch with was there. Maybe I didn't really say boo to them that night. I don't, you know, but they feel so, that connection, that other community mm -hmm. feels so important to them now. And as parents, 
I wish when our kids were coming up that that I'd been a little more aware of that and given that a little more, not just fear. Right. But a little more, especially with Harrison. And all these friends had their own. <laughs> they weren't all perfect either because they were all human. Right. And and then they're but all human. They had a safe, a safe hangout. Yeah, they had a safe hangout. But, you know, that didn't prevent things from happening. No. And... Yeah, both those kids roamed the streets. Yeah. I mean, like, they have covered many, many, many square miles of San Francisco on foot. Yeah. So, have the conversation. Trust. Be worthy of the trust. Find answers in your heart. And what I heard you saying is they're all, we don't have to focus on all our fears. Because hope, honestly, other possibilities exist. Besides the worst possible outcome. Yeah, I mean, and statistically, the worst possible outcome is not going to happen. Right. There you have it. Bad stuff may happen, but probably not the worst stuff, right? Depends on your perspective, right? Ah, yes. Right. So what we consider bad stuff happening might not even be a blip on their radar. It may be actually a a learning lesson for them. Right. I mean, I think that that's one of the things about these years are letting them be disappointed sometimes, perhaps at Christmas. Right. Letting them trip and fall and hurt themselves, but get up. You also mentioned sometime, one time, how your father behaved the next morning. Ah, so the first time that I was hungover, you mean? Yeah. Right, and my father um, recognized that I was hungover and gave me Alka-Seltzer, but didn't really talk to me about that right and so i sort of i thought i was coming down with the flu i felt so bad right (laughs) and it feels like the flu right i was i was achy and foggy and i think it would have been helpful although hard to know in retrospect if he had said oh you're hungover Mm. because i didn't quite put the two together put the two together that this was a consequence of my Drinking. Yeah. It's an interesting, um, hard to navigate area, which is why we love doing the work that we're doing. Because this is all about navigating in some ways, finding that balance between shaming them. Right. And also saying, the reason I'm giving you Alka-Seltzer, I mean, (laughs) or just living like in complete shutdown denial. Like there's so many, there's so many ways we could behave. And we're going to, do the things we're going to do. And if you slip and fall yourself as a parent, you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off and start all over again. Cause you're there for that touchstone. Right. Right. So the practice for this week is don't create or get caught up in the drama. What's the picture you're painting? Right. What are you modeling? Yeah. Are you calm and cool and worthy of trust or are you modeling needing your kids to behave in a particular way to make you feel okay? Yeah, we we forget that that sometimes our craziness makes them feel like if they behave better or a certain way, you would be feel better. And that's not the message we want to send. We forget sometimes mm-hmm. that 
the picture we're painting, the unintended picture is if you were better, I'd be better. Right, right, right. No, definitely that. So in that paint a picture way, if you have a pause, take yourself outside of yourself for a minute. What's the picture of you? Not what's going on around you, but what are you modeling? Right. How is your response informing the other people? Right. Informing the situation. Right. So we hope that you have lots of opportunities in these coming weeks to paint some pretty pictures. (laughs) And, you know, wear some ugly sweaters or do whatever else you want. But have fun. Enjoy. Pause. Keep practicing. We will see you, as everyone is saying these days, see you next year. Thank you so much for tuning in to Plan P. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and gained some valuable takeaways that you can practice this week. And remember, change takes time and practice. To stay connected with us, and ensure you never miss an episode, make sure to hit that subscribe button and share our podcast with friends, family, or any other parents who could benefit from our discussions. You can also keep up with all things Plan P on Instagram and TikTok at Plan P is for. If you have any burning questions or specific topics which you'd like us to address on the show, please just email us at connect at planp.us. If you want to talk to one of us, go to our website at planp.us to learn about us and schedule your free coaching session online. All details and links will be in the show notes. We can't wait to reconnect with you on the next episode. See you next week.